This is Office Hours from Westminster Seminary, California. Call the show now at 760-480-8477. Email us at officehours at wscal.edu. Now, Scott Clark. At Westminster Seminary, California, our primary mission is to prepare men for pastoral ministry. This has been our primary mission since 1980. We have graduated more than 1,100 graduates, about 70% of which go on to pastoral ministry. Indeed, some of our earliest graduates have been preaching God's Word, visiting the sick, and meeting with elders for more than 37 years. The Reverend Daniel Ventura is a 2015 graduate of Westminster Seminary, California, and he is the church planning pastor of Living Hope Reformed Church in Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. It's a suburb of the greater Toronto area. You can find them online at livinghopeurc, that's one word, livinghopeurc.ca. Hi, Daniel, and welcome to Office Hours. Hey, Scott. Good to be with you today. Well, thank you so much for taking time. I know as uh, you and I are talking, this is your day off, (laughs) and you had a busy day of pastoral ministry yesterday, and I know how important Mondays are for pastors, so I appreciate it. How did it go yesterday, by the way? Oh, it went very well. We had a uh, good Lord's Day morning, pretty usual, and then in the afternoon, the church plant in Brantford as well, there was a baptism, so I had to uh, officiate that, and that was a real special service. Well, that is very exciting. Well, let's get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? And uh, tell us a little bit about your maturity in the Christian faith. Sure. Yeah, I grew up in San Jose, California. That's where my family still is. And uh, I was converted a little bit later in high school through a couple of different factors. Wasn't raised in the church, so I didn't hear about Christianity until high school when a reaching out ministry called Young Life began to introduce to me the basics of the Christian story. And as I walked home from school one day as well, there was a man handing out Gideon Bibles in front of my high school. And I picked one of those Bibles up as my first Bible and began to read it for the first time. And I remember reading that Bible cover to cover within the first couple of months of getting it. And it was really through that that the Lord began to open my eyes to my sin and Christ, uh, also uh, why it is that He created me and, and has me on this earth. And so, yeah, it was a slow process of maturity then, and going off to college was probably the biggest factor for me. And getting planted finally in a church where I could begin to grow as a member of a church and grow as a Christian. How did you come across the Reformed expression of Christianity? Where did that happen and when? Yeah, that happened in college. When I went off to school, I uh, was involved in various Christian ministries, both on campus, and then I was church shopping for a little while as a relatively new Christian in college. I didn't really have many categories in place. But eventually, about three years into college, I got planted in a Calvinistic Baptist church, that began to open up the scriptures for me and introduced to me, you know, the doctrines of sovereign grace, Calvinism, as we call it. So I began to learn about that for the first time, and that was probably the first time I encountered Reformed theology and that sense of salvation. And they encouraged me to go off to seminary because they saw gifts of pastoral ministry in me. So I actually went off to Louisville, Kentucky, and studied at Southern Baptist Seminary for a year. So there was there as well that I began to learn a little bit more about the Reformation, a little bit more about Reformed theology. Eventually, you found yourself here in Escondido at Westminster Seminary, California. Uh, How did you uh, discover us, and and what was it that caused you to decide to transfer schools and to come to Escondido? Yeah, well, you know, Southern Baptist is a wonderful school, and I did learn so much there. Overall, it was such a good experience. But we were reading, as part of our studies there as well, many of the classic reformers, 
you know, Calvin, Turretin, John Owen. And as I began to read many of the Reformers, I began to feel more at home in how they put the Bible together, you know, what the more classic means of covenant theology were. And I would begin to read a little bit more modern-day writers on that, you know, Dr. Horton and Darius Voss. And so I felt in good conscience I couldn't serve in a Southern Baptist church following seminary. And so I was beginning to look for a school that would teach a more classic reform theology and came across Westminster, a little bit closer to my home growing up as well and where I went off to college. And yeah, I planted my feet there, and I'm so grateful that I did. That's where I ended up finishing school and learned more about the Reformed tradition. Sometimes the transition from, you know, the Baptist way of reading the history of redemption and understanding Scripture and thinking about the covenants and continuity and discontinuity, all those related questions, sometimes that's a very difficult transition. Often it is, it seems to me, in my experience as I talk to people about it. How was it for you as you wrestled through those things? It seems like you are relatively young in the faith and you are relatively early in your seminary experience when you began to work through those things. Yeah, it took me a long time to really grasp a lot of the things in the Reformed tradition, but I felt like it was really the biggest thing for me was understanding rightly covenant theology, and the different doctrines flowed from that, you know, the doctrine of infant baptism, the doctrine of understanding the Lord's Day and the place of worship. So for me, it was a very difficult transition in that it took me a lot of time, though I shed quite a bit of tears over it. <laughs> But I had good mentors. I had a really good pastor in the URCNA, Michael Brown, who uh, really guided me along as well in, in answering questions and reading with me different uh, different books and, and just going through the scriptures together as well. And uh, it was really good to go through that process and to have a little bit of agonizing over it because I appreciated so much more that I am where I am and enjoyed also help other people along the way as well. You're listening to Office Hours from Westminster Seminary, California. You're listening to Office Hours from Westminster Seminary, California, and we're talking to the Reverend Daniel Ventura, a 2015 graduate of Westminster Seminary, California, and church planning pastor of Living Hope Reformed Church in Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. So when you came out here, you were still working through the issues then. You hadn't sorted it all out already. Yeah, I was getting really close. I had understood a lot better covenant theology coming to Westminster, but there was a couple of things that I was wrestling with. I actually took a semester off between going uh, from Southern Baptist to Westminster because I was wrestling with some things. But eventually, when I did sign up at Westminster, I was already committed to the URCNA as a member. I, I was already sold on infant baptism. But it was more of a matter now of really begin to understand those things even more after I got to Westminster. You mentioned a moment ago that early on, as you were thinking about you know, where to go and what to do with your life, that people in your congregation had recognized in you some inclination to pastoral ministry. Talk about that a little bit. How did that process work for you? Because one of the questions that seminarians ask most frequently is, how do I know if I'm called to pastoral ministry? So, Reverend Ventura, how did you learn that you were called to pastoral ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. The internal call, as we might say, for me, it went up and down throughout seminary and before I went to seminary. There were times where I couldn't imagine my life doing anything other than some kind of ministry. At first, I thought it was more of a mission kind of work, uh, going overseas and serving uh, with a mission agency or something along those lines. But, you know, more and more, uh, the elders of the congregations that I were planted in, both in the Reformed Baptist Church in Louisville and in the URCNA in California, the leadership there were really um, encouraging and pointing me towards pastoral ministry. 
And so for me, as I did various internships throughout seminary, I had the opportunity to go to many different places for internships and interact with different churches. For me, it was the leadership in those areas that really spoke into my life and recognized the gifts and were encouraging and pursuing pastoral ministry. For me, that was a great encouragement, as the internal call sometimes was great and sometimes was small. It was really encouraging to hear more of that outward call and the call of the church in recognizing these things. For me, that more objective part of experience was really helpful for me moving forward into pastoral ministry. How long do you think it took for you to come to a confidence or a rest that, yes, this is what I must do? You mentioned that you sort of went up and down your sense, your internal sense of being called. When did it finally settle in your heart and mind that, yes, I need to be a pastor? So after my very first internship, it was with uh, Reverend Andrea Ferrari in Milan, Italy. He was incredible in guided me along these questions. And I felt like after my first internship with him, I already felt bolstered in my confidence that this is where the Lord was calling me to. And so I think I could say even from there, after first year of seminary, first internship, I was already greatly strengthened in that. But it only grew as I did more internships and interacted with more churches and spoke with more elders and pastors, as they kind of gave me that same affirmation that just bolstered my confidence in God's call for me all the more. I would say, yes, after probably my first year in that summer, I was already strengthened in it. It just grew as seminary went on. One of the things that we require of our students is that they spend 700 clock hours, not credits, but 700 hours in pastoral internship, working with a mature pastor, working alongside, shadowing, trailing, teaching Bible studies, standing in the pulpit and exhorting, right, giving uh, real sermons or, or speaking to congregations. Obviously, there's some difference. You're not ordained, but really getting your feet wet in pastoral ministry. Obviously, for you, you, as you're describing your experience, that was a real turning point. What was it about shadowing and working with Reverend Ferrari in Milan that really cemented that for you? Yeah, well, Reverend Ferrari, it was unique in that he kind of walked a similar journey that I had walked in a shorter time, but he had come from a Pentecostal background and then into a Reformed Baptist background where he was pastoring the same church there as a Reformed Baptist congregation, and then eventually they moved into the URCNA. So I felt already really close to him in that he had kind of walked that journey already, and I was learning from him from that as well. But for him, I think the biggest thing that he encouraged me in was as he heard me exhort, as he saw me with the people, he saw that I had a love for God's Word, I had a love for the Gospel, and love for the people, and really enjoyed spending time with the people and bringing the Word for the people. And I think for him, when he saw that, he really encouraged me in that, that he saw in his words more of a shepherd's heart, and that was something that was good to hear from him as he shared that with me. One of the things that I think my colleagues saw that I know I saw is that whenever we saw you on campus, you always had a smile on your face. And it's always a joy to see a happy student. <laughs> Students are usually happy, but sometimes they can be a little grumpy after a midterm or a final or a long night of writing papers or the like. Yep. How would you characterize your experience here at Westminster Seminary, California? Oh, it was such a joy. It was easy to smile on campus there. Uh, the fellowship with fellow students was a great joy. The classes, every single one, I can't remember a class where I sat in and thought at the end, well, that was a waste of time. You know, everything was just so enriching. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, I was still quite new to really many of the riches of the Reformed heritage when I came to Westminster. So 
you know, every day learning uh, at class was learning new new treasures of the reform tradition that we have and uh, ultimately the treasures that we find in God's Word. And so it was just such a great experience because I felt like there was so much life that was being poured into me during those times, uh, both in the fellowship with other students and in classrooms and interactions with professors. It was just such a positive, life-giving experience that, yeah, it was really a joy of seminary years. So you're thinking about seminary, but you're asking yourself, where will I live in Escondido? Westminster Seminary, California has good news. We're building a place for you to live on campus. In the spring of 2018, we'll open a new residential village of eight residential buildings, 64 apartments, including one, two, and three bedroom units, and a commons where seminary families can fellowship together. Here's Joel Kim, president of Westminster Seminary, California, on the benefits of our new residential village. Escondido is a beautiful place in which to live, but students wonder if they can actually afford it. Our goal is to benefit the students by providing a beautiful but affordable place to live on campus. In addition, we believe that learning happens not only in the classroom, but also by living together in community. Just as lifelong learning begins in the classroom, so lifelong relationships will begin in our new residential village. For more information, call toll-free 888-480-8474. That's 888-480-8474. Or visit us online at wscal.edu. That's wscal.edu. And ask us about our new residential WSCAL.edu 888-480-8474 Westminster Seminary, California For Christ, His Gospel, and His Church What do you think you learned most, or what was it that affected you most profoundly during your time here at Westminster Seminary, California? That's a great question. You know, the things that come to mind first is the full-orbed understanding, the rich understanding of God's Word. You know, not only covenant theology and how the Bible fits together, but seeing truly Christ as the center of the Word of God and learning about the unfolding story of Scripture. That was such a joy to begin to study at Westminster and then to be able to understand how to communicate that story from both the Old and New Testament to the people of God and to grow as a communicator of this truth was also a huge thing that I learned at seminary and something I'm so grateful for about Westminster. But the second thing that you know, equally important in my mind, was just learning how to read the Bible with the Church. You were incredibly helpful for me in understanding how to appreciate and read the Bible with not only the Reformers, but even the ancient Church, and seeing how the Reformers read the Bible with the ancient Church. It was so good to see the benefit of good tradition, you know, of understanding the voice of the past in regards to scriptural interpretation and even the issues that they worked through. And so for me, I'm continually grateful for that, and I use that same methodology when I'm preparing sermons, when I'm thinking through different doctrinal issues. You know, I look to the past, and I look at how the Church has wrestled through these things in order to bring me insight and encouragement for my own ministry. Hold on a second. Did I just hear you say that church history is practical? <laughs> that it actually helps you in your pastoral ministry? Oh, yes. I did say that, and it's very true. <laughs> 
Well, that's exciting. And of course, it resonates with my experience, not only as a teacher of church history, but as a pastor who spent a lot of years working with God's people, that you really do end up calling on those classes that you had and the reading that you did, the discussions that you had, because God's people really do come to you with these questions, right? Pastor, I just heard a person say that, you know, the doctrine of the Trinity was invented, you know, at the Council of Nicaea, or the canon was invented at a Council of Laodicea in the 360s. So it's helpful to have some background to be able to respond to that and to say, well, no, first of all, the doctrine of the Trinity is in the Bible, and secondly, it wasn't invented in the early 4th century. That's right. Yeah, and coming from the evangelical church, when I first was converted, my first church that I was a part of was a mega church. you know, 5,000 people in San Jose were connected with the prosperity gospel and those kinds of things. I came out of, you know, that kind of church and more of a charismatic background. And it was just so helpful to read church history as well and to learn that these various movements that you see today, they have roots in church history and and helpful to understand those roots, to understand the framework that undergirds a lot of that theology. But for me, it was incredibly practical. So now here you are in a suburb of Ontario, and uh, you are a pastor. And every week, twice every Lord's Day, morning and evening or morning and afternoon, you are standing in a pulpit and proclaiming God's Word to His people. As you mentioned at the beginning of the interview, you are administering the sacraments, meeting with elders, making hospital calls, making home visits, doing all the things that pastors do. Obviously, you had some practical experience while you were in seminary during your internship, but now that you're out doing it on your own, is it what you thought it was going to be? And if not, in what ways is it different? That's a great question. You know, Westminster was really helpful in painting both a sobering view of ministry and not allowing you to get too rosy-colored in your glasses, you know, but also to give a very optimistic view of ministry in regards to standing upon the Word of God and knowing that God has built His Church through His Word. And so I felt like Westminster did prepare me and given me a sober perspective, but also a hopeful perspective. And I feel like, uh, you know, now that I'm on the ground and actually in the ministry and and doing these things, uh, I'm beginning to experience the things that were taught to me. And it's a whole different level of learning when you're experiencing it firsthand. And not just as an intern where everybody might treat you rather nice, but now as a pastor where the people trust you and you're getting to hear a lot more of the things that are going on. But I guess to answer your question, I think that, you know, it's a bit yes and no. It is what I expected, what I was prepared for, but I have to say no, because being now experiencing it, all of the aspects of pastoral ministry, all the things that you mentioned, it's quite a bit different in that regard. And one of the things that, you know, I continually go back to and try to hold on to is trusting that God is at work, even through the very humble means of pastoral ministry, through the humble means of Word and Sacrament ministry, visiting the people, praying for the people, cultivating faithfulness in one area for a long period of time, really trusting that God is at work in those humble means that could be not very glamorous at times. It is a wonder, isn't it, that we stand in the pulpit week after week, and you are aware of the frailty of ministry, in a sense. You know, it's a glorious thing to be able to hold the Word of God in your hands and announce to the people, you know, thus saith the Lord. But it's still an extraordinary thing that, you know, you talk about the Scriptures and announce what God said to a whole range of ages, you know, from six months old to 90 years old. And somehow, out of this 30-minute announcement, God the Spirit is going to do marvelous things over a period of time. And it really is an act of faith, isn't it? Yeah, 
that sure is an act of faith and, you know, something that you're tempted not to believe at times if you look at the big churches down the streets that are putting on a production more than a worship service. You sometimes might scratch your head and wonder, uh, you know, is God really at work doing these ordinary, simple things? But then you go back to the Word of God, even the New Testament churches that Paul planted, and you see that's exactly what was going on and uh, that the Lord calls us to be faithful in those things that He has revealed to us. I often think about the church in Philippi and how the Apostle Paul first found those ladies outside of town praying, and that was his sort of strategic group (laughs) that he met and with which he started that congregation, and he ended up, you know, of course, writing the epistle to the Philippians, and that's how we know it. We know it from the book of Acts, but it certainly had humble beginnings, didn't it? It wasn't, as you say, a big production. That's right. And, you know, it's going back as well to Christ's own life and the whole understanding and what was kind of taught at Westminster as well, the theology of the cross as well, and knowing the fellowship in Christ's suffering, knowing that humiliation precedes exaltation, you know, going back to that is so encouraging. You're listening to Office Hours from Westminster Seminary, California. We're talking to the Reverend Daniel Ventura about his ministry as pastor of Living Hope United Reformed Church in Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. Daniel is a 2015 graduate of Westminster Seminary, California. How has it been since you're a California boy from San Jose who did his seminary for the most part down here in San Diego County? How has it been making the transition to living in Canada in the suburbs of Ontario and managing some of the cross-cultural matters that I suppose come up as you're making the adjustment? For example, have you learned to eat poutine and that sort of thing? (laughs) We sure did. You know, we were not as impressed. Personally, it's not necessarily <laughs> the kind of food that we would go to. It doesn't sit well in your stomach if you're not used to it, that's for sure. Okay, how about Tim Hortons? Oh, yeah, you know, we, we do enjoy Tim Hortons. I try to be out there at a Tim Hortons at least two to three times a week, doing a little bit of my uh, pastoral work at the local one here in Waterdown, just to rub shoulders with people. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to love uh, Tim Hortons. What has been for you the biggest surprise about pastoral ministry? What has happened to you so far that you didn't expect as you came out of seminary? That's a great question. I think the biggest thing is the pastoral counseling with people in the congregation. You know, every family is struggling with something. And especially in a small congregation where you're able to get to know pretty much every family and all the children, you realize that everybody's struggling with something. I think the biggest surprise is realizing how inadequate I feel in counseling people and the various situations that they have going on. I was surprised in one sense by how much struggle people are going through and uh, the the complexity of the questions that people are wrestling with and, and the issues that are going on. That overwhelmed me a little bit in regards to the pastoral care side. And, uh, you know, I wish at Westminster I would have you know taken advantage a little bit more of some of the counseling courses that were offered or might have sat in at the center there for biblical counseling just to begin to wrestle with some of these things even more so beforehand. But that was probably the biggest surprise uh, in coming to pastoral ministry. What are you preaching now? In the mornings, I'm preaching through the book of Genesis. And in the afternoons, uh, we're going through the Heidelberg Catechism. We're on the sacrament section. And how is it going? How is your preaching maturing since you graduated? Well, I do hope by God's grace it is maturing. I just preached recently when I was in California at the church I interned at. And people are very encouraging in saying how much I've grown since, you know, uh, being an intern there to now being a pastor for a few years. But preaching is definitely one of the highlights for the ministry. You know, I do think one of the primary ways that a pastor loves his people is through preparing the Word of God for them. You know, when Jesus told Peter, when he restored him to ministry, he called him to feed the sheep. And 
it's a joy to be able to go through a book of the Bible, through different books of the Bible with the people, and to, uh, to, to preach the Word of God to them. So I'm going through the book of Genesis right now. We're in Genesis 33, and that's been a lot of fun, just going through the different portions of Genesis, seeing uh, the story really in its deep form unfolding even there at the very beginning of the Bible. Do you feel now that you've been doing it for a couple of years that you're finding your own voice, your own way of putting things? Yes, and I think one of the biggest things, too, that really makes it different from being an intern where you're just exhorting to a pastor, you know, where you're doing it every week, you realize that the pastoral care side of things throughout the week is intimately connected with the pastoral ministry on Sundays. I find that my preaching becomes a little bit more down-to-earth, a little bit more concrete, now that I actually know the people and know their struggles in the week. And the preaching becomes that much more, I feel like, concrete for their life. You know, you don't point out the specifics of people's struggles, but you bring the Word of God to bear on all of life. And as you know the people better, I find that it really does help with the preaching very much. How are you doing with balancing the demands of pastoral ministry and shepherding your congregation and pastoral counseling, visitation, preaching, consistory meetings, that is, meeting with the elders and the council meetings, meeting with the elders and the deacons, and shepherding your own family? How do you work that out? Well, my study, thankfully, is at home, so I'm grateful to be able to share the meals with my family in the morning, the afternoon, the evening. So we really take advantage of those times to read the Bible together, to pray together, to kind of just catch up on the day a little bit. And so I'm thankful to be able to have my study at home so I can be closer to my family in that regard. You know, I take Mondays off just to spend time with the family. I usually don't do anything at all ministry-related, unless something really extraordinary comes up. But I really protect those times, and the elders are so encouraging and protecting those times for me, so making sure that they don't schedule any kind of meetings or visitations on those days. So they're really helpful in providing that protection. And they're really helpful, uh, the Church in general, with caring for our family so that we can spend time together, you know, volunteering to babysit some kids and to, you know, even take our kids for a weekend so that Brooke and I can just go spend some time together by ourselves. I'm so thankful that we do have a very mature leadership here that understands that pastoral ministry is very busy, and they help to provide some care so that we can be yeah, healthy in the long term. So uh, I'm very thankful for that. Being a pastor, and we'll close with this, but being a pastor, Daniel, is a spiritual challenge. And sometimes we don't always appreciate, at least from the outside, how great that challenge is. But I know what Mondays are like for pastors, and so I have an idea what your Mondays are like. I know certainly what mine are and and were, and sometimes Mondays can be a time certainly of resting and being with family, but it can also be something of a challenge as you sort of run through your mind, you know, all the things that you're dealing with in church. How does your preparation here help you on Mondays? And particularly, how does your grounding in the gospel help you address the spiritual challenges you face as a pastor? That's a great question. Again, what's meant to really help prepare me for understanding the ministry in regards to following the pattern of Christ and the apostles, which was not a theology of glory, but a theology of the cross, and that suffering and gloomy days and difficult days are a part of the job description. And so in those times, I think even just recognizing that and seeing the fellowship with other pastors in that as well, it's so important for me. But I think the gospel really does help encourage my heart, especially on Mondays, where you are questioning the things that you said in the pulpit, what you could have said better. 
it's so encouraging just to remember that my identity isn't found in being a pastor, ultimately. It's being found in Christ, and uh, I'm a sheep before I'm a shepherd. You know, I'm part of Christ's flock uh, before he's called me to shepherd his own flock. And remembering that identity in Christ and the salvation that I have in him is not based upon how well I've done in pastoral ministry, but it's based upon Christ's performance for me. It does free me, it does liberate me to live for the Lord uh, as a Christian and as a pastor and not basing my identity in my work every single week. So that's been for me one of the biggest things that does encourage me week by week as I you know, try to hold on to the same gospel that I'm preaching to other people. Thanks for listening to Office Hours from Westminster Seminary, California. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now to Office Hours in iTunes. Find all the shows at wscal.edu slash office hours. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved.